Do you want more whiskey noobs in your life? Behind-the-scenes material, the ability to vote in polls that affect the course of the show, and even a list of every single whiskey that we've ever had on the show, along with my abbreviated thoughts on that whiskey? If so, you've got to go check out the Whiskey Noobs Patreon page. Financial support is a huge help in my ability to consistently bring you guys a quality show, so if you're interested, go check that out at the link in the show notes below or at patreon.com slash whiskey noobs. So you probably noticed by now that the title of this episode is The Best Way to Drink Whiskey. And if you've been around for any amount of time, you're probably asking yourself, is that a joke? It must be a joke. And the answer is yes. Of course, that title is a little bit cheeky. This episode is going to be about the best way for you to drink whiskey, which is largely dependent on your own personal preferences. But before we get to that, my name is Chris, and you are listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. And yes, in this episode, I'm going to run through some of the different ways that you can order whiskey at a bar, or just in general, ways that you can drink whiskey. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what you can expect from each of them from my experience with them. So I am going to go in order from the least amount of quote-unquote whiskey flavor to the most amount of quote-unquote whiskey flavor, and we are going to talk about what you can expect based on my experience from these different ways of drinking whiskey. Of course, that means it is going to be a little bit subjective. This is based largely on my experience and the experience of those that I have talked to about this and or had on the show to actually try out these different methods. I'll just get them out of the way, the two that I'm not going to discuss in depth, and that would be shooting whiskey or ordering a whiskey blank back. So um, if you order a let's say Jack Daniels with a Coke back. That means you want Coke as a chaser for your Jack Daniels. And if you order a shot of whiskey, then I think you know what that means. So I'm not really going to break down those two because they're just kind of in a category of their own. But I am going to talk about most of the ways that you've probably heard of. And then we'll wrap up with why I think you should or should not drink whiskey. And I will get into what I mean by should or should not drink whiskey. But let's start with some of the ways to drink whiskey and what you can probably expect from them. So I, the first two are kind of tied at the least amount of whiskey flavor, and they're tied because it really depends on what you are adding to the whiskey. There is mixed and there is cocktails, which I have separated out because a lot of times cocktails are thought to be more spirit-heavy drinks, whereas a mixed drink, you might just call Jack and Coke a mixed drink, and it's not really spirit-heavy. Um, so I like to kind of separate those two categories, although they do blend together quite a bit. But I'll start with mixed. What can you expect from a mixed drink with whiskey in it? Well, it really depends on what you're mixing with, and obviously some sodas are going to have stronger flavors that overpower the whiskey than others, and obviously it depends on how much whiskey to mixer you are adding in your glass. But for the most part, I would say mixing is going to give you a little bit of just that base whiskey flavor, if you will, and a lot of whatever you're mixing with flavor. So if you're used to drinking, let's say Coke, and you're, you know what Coke tastes like very well, and then you add a shot of whiskey into your Coke, you're probably going to understand a little bit of what that whiskey flavor is because you're used to what Coke tastes like, and you can tell that there's something in there that's not Coke. Now, 
I recommend for beginners that if you can't get past the burn, you do start with mixing. Mixing can be a great way to learn what whiskey tastes like without having nearly as much burn. And in my opinion, the best way to do that is to use a mixer with not too much flavor because you don't want to overpower all of the flavor of the whiskey. I like to use like 7-Up or Sprite and take that mixer and add however much whiskey you can add without it burning or without it being a miserable experience. Then over time, this could be weeks, this could be months, it depends on who you are and how fragile your palate is. No shame in a fragile palate. I used to gag if I tried to drink straight whiskey. But over time, could be weeks, could be months, you want to slowly add in more whiskey and less mixer. Or I should say, rather than adding whiskey, you want to take away mixer as time goes on. Eventually, you'll get to, you know, maybe you start off with three parts mixer, one part whiskey, then two parts mixer, one part whiskey, then one to one. Then maybe you're just adding a little bit of mix into your whiskey to lighten it up a little bit. Or by that point, you've moved on to some of the cocktails that we're about to talk about. That is a great way to get past the burn and slowly start to acquire that taste for whiskey. Um, one way or another, this did play into how I got into whiskey. I always joked I used the brute force method and just drank neat whiskey. But on occasion, I would actually mix whiskey with 7-Up. And eventually, even when I was mixing, I was like, you know what? I kind of want just the flavor of the whiskey. So it is a very good method for beginners. And then I would move on to what I consider cocktails. So let's talk about whiskey-based cocktails because that is a huge category. There are some whiskey-based cocktails that have barely any whiskey in them. I wouldn't necessarily call them whiskey-based. I would just call them a cocktail with whiskey in it. But there are also some cocktails that lean heavily into the flavors of the whiskey. I think the least amount of whiskey flavor that we're going to talk about would probably be a whiskey sour. Uh, it's going to have that sweet and sour mixture in it, or in some cases, it's going to actually have lemon juice or lime juice and usually lemon juice and simple syrup, some combination of all those ingredients. Uh, sometimes it might have triple sec in it, depending on who's making it. And that will give you some whiskey flavor, but it's going to be pretty overpowered. <clears throat> but what I like to recommend to people are cocktails that are very heavily whiskey-based. What I would use is either an Old Fashioned or maybe a Manhattan or the Mint Juleps we just recently had on the show. And I have been lately into a Gold Rush, which is a lot like a whiskey sour, except you use honey. Um, so that one's another one where you don't taste the whiskey too much, but I like it in the summertime. But all those cocktails that I just mentioned, what, what can you expect? Well, look up the recipe to the cocktail, and the more whiskey it has in it, the stronger it's going to be. Yes, an old-fashioned is almost entirely just sweetened whiskey with a little bit of bitters. There's not a lot of other things to water it down. But once you get to where you're mixing, if you're, if you're trying to get your palate acquainted with whiskey, and you're mixing, let's say, half and half, then you can jump to cocktails because that's not too much of a leap. Um, or if you're the type that don't you don't get too much burn from it, maybe you're used to the taste of alcohol or different types of liquors, then a lot of times you can just jump straight to these sorts of cocktails. Old fashions are my personal favorite because there's a ton of different ways you can add little twists to them using different bitters, different sweetener, different garnish. I think that's a lot of fun. 
Um, but there are other cocktails that other people tend to like as well. As I mentioned, Manhattan is a very popular one. Whiskey sour, especially if you're making it heavy on the side of the whiskey and lower on the side of the sour, then it can be pretty good as well. So cocktails, it's hard to tell you what to expect because it depends so heavily on the cocktail. But what you can expect is that you're going to lose some of that flavor of the whiskey, especially if it contains other spirits or other things with very punchy flavors like lemon juice. You're going to lose some of that taste of the whiskey, but you are going to at least get to experience a drink that has a strong presence of whiskey in it. And once you get to old-fashioned, really your next step is to leave cocktails and get to On the Rocks, in my opinion. So I wouldn't say On the Rocks is necessarily your next step. It might just be neat because if you're in the category that I am in, On the Rocks or a glass of whiskey with ice in it is not the most enjoyable way to drink whiskey. Personally, I have found that a lot of times the rocks either water the whiskey down to the point that it doesn't taste as good and therefore you notice more of the burn because you don't notice what it tastes like as much. Or because it makes the whiskey so cold, as the whiskey is cold on your tongue, you don't taste it as much. And then as it heats up in your mouth, the flavor is starting to leave because your mouth is diluting it, but the burn is still kind of there. And that has been an unpleasant experience for myself and for guests that I've had on the show. I forget the episode number, but my guest Bryce and I did Pendleton on the Rocks, and I will look up that episode real quickly. That is episode number 33, Neat versus On the Rocks featuring Pendleton Whiskey. So, as I mentioned, for me, sometimes it's a little bit harsher. I have plenty of followers who tell me they much prefer whiskey with either one big ice cube. Some of them say they like more crushed ice because it's going to dilute it a little bit more. Uh, some just don't care what the ice is. They just like their whiskey on ice. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I highly recommend you try it this way for sure, especially because even if you don't prefer it on the rocks like me, if you fall into my camp and you prefer it neat, there are occasions where you'll likely prefer it on the rocks. So it's a good idea for you to know what that tastes like so you know if you're ever in that situation. Prime example, not long ago, I was smoking a cigar with some friends outside. It was very hot, and we were basically baking out in the sun, but you want some whiskey to go with your cigar, so I had my whiskey on the rocks. And normally, when it's hot outside, if I'm outside, I prefer my whiskey to be on the rocks. I know that some people are worried that they're going to get made fun of for that. Some people are worried that other people are going to be, you know, angry or pretentious about that. And if anybody is acting that way towards you, then they probably don't know what they're talking about too much when it comes to whiskey. Because anybody who knows anything about whiskey knows that you should enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it, especially if you bought it with your own money. Maybe if you take my most expensive whiskey and ask me to add Coke to it, will I be upset? Probably. Mainly because you could add any whiskey to that Coke and you're not even going to really tell the difference. On the Rocks is a whole different ballgame. It's like you can taste mostly the whiskey. It's just a watered-down, cold version of that whiskey. So don't feel ashamed of that is what I'm trying to say. And also, people on both sides of the argument um, tend to be okay with whatever the other does. And if they're not, they're the loud minority. That's the point that I'm trying to make. So, On the Rocks 
in my opinion, you're going to dull the flavors a little bit. You're going to water the whiskey down a little bit. For me, it's great on a hot day. I don't like it if it's not hot outside, but I know plenty of people who do, and that's totally fine. My guess, if you want to know what the appeal would be to it, first of all, a cold drink can just be appealing in general. And then secondly, having it watered down a little bit more, something that we're actually going to talk about, um, can change the flavors of the whiskey. And that is our next type of drink is just adding water to your whiskey. Of course, I did have an episode on this as well, and that was episode number 27, Why Add Water to Whiskey Featuring Wild Turkey 101. My guest Zach and I tried Wild Turkey 101, added a drop of water to it, and tried it again. And here's what I'll say. Adding water to whiskey certainly can change the flavor of the whiskey. There is, in some aspects, a scientifically scientific thing going on where the whiskey doesn't mix with certain compounds, or the water doesn't mix with certain compounds in the whiskey, and because of that, you get you know this effect where people say it opens up the whiskey, things like that. At the end of the day, you're adding something to something, and so you're going to change both of those somethings is the way that I like to explain it to people. It doesn't matter what's happening chemically. What matters is that it is changing the flavor a little bit. Some people prefer that because they prefer the way that whiskeys in general or a specific whiskey tastes when you add a little bit of water to it. Some people do not prefer that. And the amount of water I should add can really be whatever you choose. Some people, it's just like a single drop from a pipette. Some people, it's more. Totally depends on the person. But this is another one that people get very aggressive about. The loud minority gets very aggressive about. So I want you to know, if you're listening to this podcast, that you don't have to drink it either way. Uh, This one, surprisingly, usually you think the people who drink it without any water just drink it neat. Usually you think they're like the snobby ones. Surprisingly, the drop of water people tend to be the more aggressive in my experience when it comes to arguing with people who don't add a drop of water. A lot of people like to say that you absolutely have to in order to open up the whiskey and put and get the, the true profile of the whiskey. Well, I am here to tell you that plenty of distillers add water to their whiskey as they are putting it in the bottle. So I assume if they want me to taste their whiskey watered down, they'll water it down for me. <laughs> Unless it's 80 proof and they can't water it down anymore. But I personally don't think you have to drink it with or without a drop of water. I think it's just another way to look at it. And what can you expect when you do that? Well, you can expect it to taste a little bit different. You can expect it to water it down. Some people say that it pulls out those compounds that don't mix with the water, and so your next sip is harsh, and then after that, it smooths and mellows out a little bit. At the end of the day, I don't personally have a recognizable pattern that I can say, when I add water to it, this happens, because it it just is changing the way the whiskey tastes a little bit. But it's another way to try it. It's another expression of the whiskey. And if you are interested in it, absolutely, you should try it. And on occasion, I do it as well. And that leads us to our final way to drink whiskey, the best way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if, you, if you think I think it's the best way, you missed the whole point of this episode. But it is my personal favorite way to drink whiskey. And that is neat. I like drinking whiskey neat for a couple of reasons. First of all, for me, for my tongue, my taste buds, my palate, I get the most flavor and I'm able to analyze the whiskey the most when I drink it neat. The other reason that a lot of people like to just 
overlook when they're screaming at you about ice or drops of water is that it's just convenient. I grab a Glencairn, I pour some whiskey in it, and I drink the whiskey. And that's the end of the story. So yeah, there is a convenience factor to it. But I also do truly believe I get the most flavor from it when I drink it neat. <clears throat> what are you going to expect when you drink it neat? Well, this is going to be the strongest of the ways. I don't think I have to tell you that. You're going to get the most alcohol per sip. But in my opinion, sometimes it burns a little bit less than on the rocks because on the rocks, like I said, it kind of dulls that flavor and then you just kind of notice the burn. But it is going to kind of objectively, the alcohol, there's going to be more. So it is still going to burn. And it totally depends on the proof of your whiskey, how much it's going to burn. If you're newer, don't feel any shame in starting down near that 80 proof. 80 proof is going to be the minimum for most types of whiskey, except for flavored whiskeys. Typically, 80 proof is your limit. And it's going to have some burn to it. And all you're going to taste is the whiskey. So you're going to get that burn and you're going to taste whatever that whiskey is supposed to taste like or whatever that whiskey tastes like to you is what you're going to taste. And so that's why I like to, to drink it neat typically is because a lot of distillers, not all, but a lot of distillers, you know, when they put out their flavor notes, they're, they're implying that's what it tastes like neat. There are even some distillers that will go as far as to say, you know, meant to be enjoyed neat, but I think that's a little bit pretentious, but Hey, they just, they designed the whiskey. They can put whatever they want. And all of this, all of this is to say one very important metaphor that I have come up with. And if you've been around since day one, since the early episodes, you've heard me say this before. There are all these different ways to drink whiskey. And at the end of the day, what I consider each of these ways is a different piece of the puzzle. These are different pieces that all belong in the same puzzle. So I always use Jack Daniels because it's like the best selling whiskey probably ever. I have no idea. But Jack Daniels tastes a certain way neat and it tastes a certain way on the rocks and it tastes a certain way with water in it. And of course it tastes a certain way with Coke and with seven up and it's legendary with Coke, probably because it complements the flavors of the Coke really well. And so it has all these different ways that you can try it and it will taste different, all these different ways. And those are all pieces to the puzzle that is Jack Daniels. When you put all those pieces together, when you've tried it all those different ways, and also in different palate conditions, because your palate does change a little bit day to day and with your meals, when you try it all those ways, then people who have tried it all those ways can accurately say, I know what Jack Daniels tastes like. And that's probably the only way to know what Jack Daniels tastes like. The other metaphor I have used and the other way to look at it especially if you're not trying to get a solid idea of what Jack Daniels objectively tastes like, if you just want to drink the whiskey, another way to look at it is <clears throat> each of these different ways is one way to look at the statue in the middle of the room. You're at an art gallery. There's a statue. Each of these ways, you're standing somewhere different. You're getting a little bit different lighting. You're seeing the sculpture or the statue or the work of art. You're seeing it a little bit differently than somebody who's standing in that other location. That is also fine. If you find that the sculpture, statue, painting, whatever, looks the best when you stand, to you looks the best when you stand in a specific location in this metaphorical art museum, 
then why not stand there to look at it from now on? That is, that's maybe even a more accurate metaphor. Both metaphors I consider to be very accurate. One, if you're trying to, the first one, if you're trying to fully understand what that whiskey tastes like. And the other, if you're trying to explain why some people prefer different versions of it. Everybody prefers to drink it a different way. And that is because there are different ways of looking at it, of observing the flavor that is Jack Daniels. I don't know why I always use Jack Daniels, but Jack Daniels or any whiskey, if that wasn't clear. So those are all of the ways to drink whiskey. And I hope if you try all them, you find one that you like the most, or you find that you like multiple. Like me, I do a lot of cocktails. I should have mentioned that. I am a big fan of cocktails. I consider drinking a whiskey to be, you know, I want to do a tasting. I want to be focused on it. I want to um, learn about the whiskey. And sometimes I do that in like social situations or just for the enjoyment of it, of course. I don't just drink whiskey for the podcast, but I also will drink cocktails, especially like old fashions, on occasion because I will treat those a little bit more like a dessert, like a treat. Like it's more like it's sweeter. And of course, I can't taste quite as much of the whiskey, but it's a little something different. And the thing with cocktails that I really enjoy is being able to have my own little bit of craft added into it. I did a video about old fashions uh, a few months ago where I talked about that. You know, you a little bit of the art is put into the hands of the drinker, the, the consumer, when you make a cocktail. And I really enjoy that. Uh, so I I should have mentioned that when we were at cocktails that, of course, I enjoy cocktails as well. So you might find that you like looking at the statue from a couple different corners of the room, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But let's talk about the most important part of all of this. Why should you drink whiskey or why shouldn't you drink whiskey? That's a great question, and it's one that I like to cover because I think some people get into the hobby, like myself, honestly, in the beginning, and they think they don't even think about why they're in the hobby. They're just like, yeah, I want to learn how to drink whiskey, or I want to like it, and I just did it because I was so stubborn, and I was like, what are they liking that I'm not liking, and I was stubborn, and so I learned how to drink whiskey, and that can be the case sometimes. But let's talk about why you should or shouldn't. What criteria should you look at to decide whether or not you should get into the hobby of whiskey? Well, if you're drinking it because it will get you drunk quickly, because it's a strong liquor, I'm not judging you, but this podcast probably is not what you're looking for, because that's not what this podcast is about. That is one reason some people drink it, and I don't recommend it, um, but that's all I'm going to say about that. If you're drinking it because you think it's interesting... And or you're confused as to why it has such a devout following, which is what I was. I was like, why do people like this? I want to know. Then you should stick around because that's the type of thing that we talk about. Why is it interesting? What makes it interesting? Why do some people like it so much? I think you'll get an idea for that as the podcast goes on. And that is one of the funnest, in my opinion, reasons for drinking whiskey is because it's interesting. And you're like, what? is going on in this glass of whiskey? What am I tasting in this glass of whiskey? Why, even when I can't really tell what it is, why am I so intrigued by it? That is a fun reason to drink whiskey. There are also 
other reasons, such as the community. Uh, there's a, a strong online community, which does tend to grow a little bit more hateful by the day because the hobby is growing. And I just ask, if you're listening to this, first of all, you put good vibes out into the world of whiskey, in the world in general. And secondly, uh, if you see people with those bad vibes, just don't perpetuate them. I try to handle all of my disagreements as uh, civilly as I possibly can. But that is a, a fair warning. But the community online, in general, the vast majority, is such a fun, welcoming, happy community. And it's a bunch of people who are like, oh, you like that thing that I like too? Well, that's awesome. You're probably awesome then. It's one of those communities. There are some communities that are very much not that way, very kind of the, the term for it nowadays is gatekeepy and, oh, you know, there's only so much to go around. Whiskey is very much not one of those communities. Some bourbon hunters are that way, but once again, we're talking about the loud minority, not the quiet majority. Most of the people are like, oh, you like whiskey as well? Very cool. Let's let's try this bottle together. I just posted a video about that, about how a lot of people expect whiskey lovers to be snobs, but in reality, most of us are like, what do you want to try from my collection? I would love to do a tasting with you right now. And I had so many people commenting, yes, exactly. People don't realize I'm excited when they want to try my whiskey. And that's the case for a lot of whiskey lovers. Maybe that's why you want to get into it. And that's a fair reason as well. You can build great relationships through it. I've built relationships with a lot of awesome people, some of which you have heard or will hear on this podcast, and some of which you probably see me talk to or about on Instagram because they're great people and they're making great content. So <clears throat> that's a perfectly valid reason to want to get into whiskey. And if I was going to put it into a sentence, I would say whiskey is an art form with centuries of rich culture behind it. And it's shared by some of the kindest people out there. If I had to put into a sentence why I drank whiskey, that would probably be the reason why. Because I find it absolutely fascinating that this thing that was admittedly, originally, most likely, just made so people could get drunk, has become this amazing art form enjoyed by people who have absolutely no intention of getting drunk, such as myself. People who actively are avoiding getting drunk, such as myself. So I like to focus on the art form because I find that to be fascinating, that it has grown into what it is. And I'm glad that people are finally on board with it. There are always some people screaming at me that let's stop with all the art form mumbo jumbo. Um, it's just about drinking. And I'm like, that's not what it is to me. Um, but I think it's so interesting to see all of the different ways that I think we're still learning about. We don't really have down to a science that you can change the flavor of a whiskey. I think originally it was just you threw some stuff into a barrel and then it, or not a barrel, but a container and it fermented and then you distilled it and then you threw it into a barrel and then you drank it. But we've learned now that so much can affect the flavor of the whiskey. Obviously the recipe, the mash bill, the, the grains that are going into it. Also, one that a lot of newer folks don't realize is the yeast strain. So this is the strain of yeast that you put into the mash in order to uh, kickstart the fermentation of it. And some, well, most places use very proprietary, very hush-hush yeast strains because the yeast has such a heavy impact on the flavor. The type 
of still that it's being distilled in. The shape of that still. Is it a palm? Col- I just combined the two and said palm still. Is it a pot still or a column still? What are the dimensions of that still? Some distillers talk about the dimensions of their stills and how that impacts the flavor of it. What type of barrel is it being put into? Is it going directly into new oak? Is it going into something different? That's going to affect the flavor. Of course, finishing, putting it into a second barrel to get different flavors has an impact on it. The climate is something most people don't think about, but when I had Chris Fredrickson on, that was episode number 77 from Traverse City Whiskey Company, we talked about how the climate up in Michigan creates a little bit different of an environment for the whiskey to be aged in. And then there's just location in the rickhouse or the warehouse where these barrels are being stored. Maybe all the barrels are seeing the same climate, but maybe they're in different corners of a warehouse and those different corners are seeing different temperature and humidity fluctuations. All of these things we know impact the flavor, and so there is no exact science. If I do this and this and this and this and this, then I'm going to get a whiskey that tastes like this. I'm sure with infinite time and resources, we will be able to make it into that science, but we're at an exciting point right now where that's certainly not the case. And so it's still very much an art form, and people who are taking it that way, distillers and blenders, who are looking at it that way, are making some really cool new stuff, which is why we're really seeing this boom in whiskey culture, in my opinion, is because people have finally realized, oh, this is this can be an art form. This is something that we don't fully know what we're going to make. Let's have some fun with it. And that's causing largely the boom in whiskey, in my personal opinion. And I find it to be very fascinating if you didn't catch that much so far. So art form is a great thing to focus on if you want to get into whiskey. It's a great reason to get into whiskey, and I can't stress this enough. Alcohol should not be the main driver for you getting into whiskey. It can be, but I, I try to promote the idea that we can drink some whiskey without becoming intoxicated. The other reason, as I mentioned, culture and history just soak it in, you know, soak in all of the culture and history that has developed over the past centuries. I talk about it a lot on the show. When we have distillers on, we talk about their history and the history of whiskey. We talked about the history of Irish whiskey with Daryl McNally just a few episodes ago. And I forget the number of that episode, but once again, I will look. And that was episode 98, where we talk about the history of Irish whiskey. It's fun to just soak it in because it is something that has traversed so much of history and it you find it in little different places throughout history and you find the things that we talk about like in school impacting it so widely we talked about that a lot in that episode with daryl wars and the government and taxes and how all of that created these massive shifts in whiskey culture it's absolutely fascinating and it's absolutely worth soaking it in and finally is the people of course As I mentioned, the people are a great reason to get into whiskey. There are great people. And all I can say is ignore the gatekeepers and try to put out positive vibes. Whatever you put out into the whiskey community, you're going to get back. And if you grow a large enough platform, you'll get back some negativity no matter what. But if you put good vibes out into the whiskey world, you'll get good vibes back. You know, I've had very mean comments on some of my posts. And then I, for every mean comment, I've had 10 people saying, ignore them, dude. You're doing great. People, and that's not to say my content is that great. I like to think it is, but but that's not what I mean. What I mean is there are a lot of positive, great people out there 
10 of them for every one jerk who just wants to be right about something or wants to gatekeep his favorite hobby, his or her favorite hobby. So ignore them and enjoy the awesome community that there is in whiskey. Don't be afraid to join some Facebook groups. I like to think my Instagram and TikTok page are great places to start. You're already listening to this podcast, so you've already been off to a good start. Um, And you can find plenty of those people on Instagram, on TikTok, join Facebook groups, join Reddit groups to talk to people who enjoy the same thing that you enjoy. And that is a great reason for getting into whiskey. I think all of those are. And I think the culmination of those reasons is the reason that so many of us get into whiskey. Now, there is an unwritten, unspoken by a lot of people, except for probably me, reason why I enjoy whiskey. And that is the same reason I think a lot of people enjoy cigars and the same reason that I think a lot of people enjoy a lot of hobbies. And that is because it's slightly meditative. It makes you be present. It makes you focus on the flavors. It makes you think about what you're doing, what you're sensing, what you're experiencing, and it makes you present, which in some way or another, I consider to be almost a form of meditation. That's what a lot of meditation is. And I find that to be if not the best reason, I think the art is a real close second if meditation is the best reason. But um, it's one of the best reasons to drink whiskey. And no, I don't mean the calming effect that you get from the alcohol. I'm talking about something entirely separate. Um, it's just the, the idea of being present and the idea of focusing on what you're doing that is a lot of fun. And it's present in all those other reasons that I mentioned. It's present in the art. You're focusing on the art. You're being present. It's present in the culture and the history. If you're focusing on the art form and you're thinking about all of the culture and all the history behind it, then you're being present in that moment. If you are thinking about the people or you're enjoying a glass with somebody important in your life or just somebody new in your life and you're enjoying that glass with that person, you're being present with that person. It's weaved throughout all those different reasons. And so it's it's an important one to bring up. And it is one of, if not the favorite reason of mine, to drink whiskey. And I think those are all of the main reasons I would have for you drinking whiskey. So if it is to get tipsy or it is to come across as cool, uh, that's another one I should have mentioned. If it's either of those reasons, this probably isn't the podcast for you. Do you look cool sometimes? Absolutely. Uh, do you look cool all the time? Definitely not. When you are nosing a glass of whiskey with your mouth open, most people probably think you look pretentious or snobby. That includes myself. I'm talking to myself when I say that. So not the greatest reasons to get into whiskey. Um, I think if you focus on those other reasons I mentioned, you'll probably have a good bit more fun in this community. So those are all the ways to drink whiskey and all the reasons that I would drink it. And let me just say, if whiskey burns too much, if the culture behind it or the people or any of those things scare you and they're intimidating, I want to help. And I think this podcast can help. And it was the original reason I came up with this podcast. It is the reason that this podcast keeps on going because people keep on telling me about some way or another that I help them. And that really makes me want to continue to make this. Um, It's time consuming and it's not easy. And there have been times where I've thought about stopping, not so recently, but there have been times. And it's, it's the listeners that have kept me going. And so I want you to know that that's why I'm doing this. Uh, I want to help, 
and I hope that I can. And if you have any specific things that you think I said wrong or you need clarified, you could comment on my posts. And a lot of times, the beauty of that is if I can't comment back because I don't see it, uh, then somebody, one of my followers, probably will. And I appreciate the heck out of you guys who do that. Uh, Also, sometimes you can email me. Or, of course, uh, you can email me at whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. Forgot to mention that. Or, of course, you can submit specific questions on Instagram every Wednesday or through the Patreon. Patrons get their questions answered before Instagram does because I want the most interested people to get their questions answered. Uh, And you can submit them on Patreon or on Instagram every Wednesday uh, through my story on Instagram or through my post on Patreon. Those are all different ways that I can help you. I am coming up with more resources that will hopefully be even more helpful for you guys. I am working on them actively. A lot going on behind the scenes that you guys don't see. So stay tuned for more exciting stuff. If I didn't mention your favorite reason to drink whiskey, that's a great reason for you to reach out and tell me because I'd be very interested to know what that is. But those are the reasons I think you should drink whiskey, and those are the best ways, plural, to drink whiskey, because the best way, at the end of the day, is the way that you like to drink it, with the people you like to drink it with, because that is another aspect of it that can add quite a bit of fun as well. That is all that I can say in this episode. And this episode is not a great example of our motto. Uh, We didn't have to drink anything to, to learn all that we learned throughout this episode. But at the end of the day... Most of the time when you're drinking whiskey or when you're trying to learn something about whiskey, if you want to learn to drink, you've got to drink to learn. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you need more Whiskey Noobs content in your life, make sure you check out our Patreon page in the show notes. And if you like the show, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review. It only takes a couple of minutes, and they're way more helpful than people realize. If you want to do tastings alongside the show, make sure you join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com with a subject line that says email list. You'll receive monthly emails with a list of the whiskeys that will be featured throughout the month so that you can buy them ahead of time. You can also find more Whiskey Noobs content on Instagram at Whiskey underscore Noobs and on TikTok at Whiskey Noobs Podcast. Once again, thank you guys for listening. The Whiskey Noobs Podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.